Welcome, Alina. I'm so happy to have you here today. I would love if you could introduce yourself. Thank you so much, Courtney. I am also very, very happy. Just wonderful uh, opportunity to be here with you. And yeah, my name is Elena. Like you said, I am a mom of four daughters and they're 20, 19, nine, and three. So that will give you an idea of what kind of person I am. And uh, I'm also the founder of the Positive Mom Community. And, you know, it's really just been a really interesting journey that brought us here today. So I can't wait to delve into it and chat about it. Amazing. I would love if you could tell us what your book's about. Well, you know, my latest book, which is like right here, (laughs) uh, it's called Dancing with Death. And uh, the subtitle is Reflections of a Student of Pain. And one of the things that I can tell you about this book is that it's about pain. It's about death. And that's something that took a lot of courage for me to talk about because of the stigma that there is about pain and also the taboo topic that death is in our society. And so it's really a book of poetry and at the same time, evidence-based information so that people see inside of my head and all of the pain that I've been through, but also making sense of what that means for the reader a long way space for them to either write their own dark poetry or also process whatever painful memory or thought or emotion that evokes in them because that's what I'm all about. I'm about validating our pain so that we can move forward. And I always say that pain can be a portal to purpose and to peace and to positive growth. Love that. What inspired you to write your book? It's a fun story, actually, because uh, as I said, I have a 20-year-old daughter. She's graduating college in April. And so I'm still not even ready for her to leave, even though she's been gone for three years. Um, The thing is, when she came for her um, winter break, she said to me that she was joining a poetry challenge. And playfully, she said, you got to do it with me, mom. (laughs) And I love that moment so much because I wanted to say no. I wouldn't say like, oh, you're silly. Because I have never dared write poetry in English. And let alone show people my poetry in English. Spanish is my first language. (laughs) And so I've been writing poetry my whole life to process my thoughts and to, you know, really stay alive. If I'm going to be open with you, Courtney, the darkest moments of my life is where I started to write. And by the end of my writing, I have gained back the hope of of being alive. And so for me to think about poetry is like, it's going to be dark, number one. Number two, in English, I don't think so. And number three, I'm a mom entrepreneur and I have a three-year-old. There's no way I'm going to carve out time to do this. Write 21 poems in 21 days sounded impossible. But then I thought about my relationship with my daughters, which is very different from young adults and teenagers and other parents. And the reason why is because I always 
strive to say that I didn't say like I always do it, <laughs> but I always strive to respond what, to what I call bids for connection. And this is something from Gottman Institute. I don't know if you're familiar with John Gottman's work, but he specializes in couples and marriage, you know, marriage, uh, which is what I go to school for. And he says that people who divorce, they actually do it mostly because they reject or don't respond to the partner's bids for connection. Well, I discovered that my daughters actually have their these bids, bids for connection. See, I was getting my accent mixed up here. And what that means is that they are going to say, look at this meme. And oh my gosh, I got some tea for you, which means gossip, by the way. And, <laughs> and, uh, and let's write a poetry book. So that's what motivated me and inspired me to do it. She wrote her own and I wrote my own. And every day we would, you know, compare notes. And it's like, oh, to look at my poem of the day. And she would show me her poem of the day. And at the end of this journey, we were closer. We, we had shared so much. We had shed some tears and we had processed so much pain, but also we had a poetry book that we shared with the world. That's so amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And you talked about what inspired you to write your book. Um, so when you were writing the book, who were you thinking of when it comes to who your book is for? Oh, that's that's really fantastic. Because, you know, I wrote it for the little girl, the teen girl inside of me that needed to say some things. And then I realized, you know, as I wrote the poems and I wanted to put them in book form, I decided to add those reflections that I told you about and those prompts. And it was really, you know, it is really for the people out there. And I usually talk to moms, but it really is for anyone who has been through trauma, who has been through abuse, who has had a near-death experience like I have, but most importantly is for people who struggle with suicidal thinking that sometimes have this dark wave of emotion because the pain becomes unbearable and you just feel that the only way out is to not be alive or to disappear. I have been in those moments so many times. The first time I was five years old that I can remember. And at age 13, I almost, you know, did it. I, it, it almost happened. And so I'm really wanting to touch people that, and give them a tool that they, so that they can process and, and, and live through these moments and understand that I'm sharing my experience and it was hard. And it is possible to talk about these experiences with other people, and it is possible to live through them. That's so amazing. How long have you been writing and what made you really start? Yeah, so I've been writing since I was a little girl. Um, I wrote in, in Spanish. That was my first language, and I didn't know any other ones. <laughs> but then... Uh, it was interesting because when I moved to the U.S. and um, I had my two daughters, we ended up 
I, I ended up being a single mom and experiencing homelessness with them. They were one and two. And it was one of those dark moments that I'm talking about where I didn't, I, I just felt so alone, Courtney. You know, I felt like no one really was there. I couldn't talk to anyone. They didn't really understand my pain. And there was all this positivity coming at me, um, but I didn't feel positive at all, which is why I created The Positive Mom, actually, my blog. And that's when I started writing, started writing to save my life and to, and, and I was in this country, so I, I started writing in English. So it really and truly professionally, my, my career started when I was 28 years old. And um, I've been writing ever since. I, I reach 168 countries now with my blog and it's in English. And it's just been a really incredible thing because uh, what really motivated me to get started was to share my journey with others uh, not only process my pain in silence, uh, but also to share that gift with other people, anything that I was making sense of or or just letting them know that it's okay to feel the way that we all feel. Um, and that's why I mainly write for moms because I understand the motherhood experience, not only from my own lens, but also from being, uh, you know, having a difficult uh, and dysfunctional relationship with my mother growing up which thankfully has been healed and and it's really beautiful right now it's amazing what is your schedule like when you are writing a book well you know I like to book time because if we don't make the time sometimes or give ourselves a deadline sometimes it can just get through the cracks um and I, I'm not a perfectionist uh, at all, but I think we, we all want to write like our best thing. You know, I'm not sure why that is, but we, as an artist, it's like, I want to sit down and write something good. <laughs> and so my schedule in my routine is to just write. And so I would schedule myself you know, and, and this is actually how I started my business, 10 minutes a day <laughs> uh, and just write and don't, you know, like sometimes I write in on the page so I wouldn't put the pencil down or don't put, you know, don't take your hands off the keyboard because you never know what, what's going to come out of that. But also, uh, even if you didn't write something that you're going to share with other people, I think he, your soul just feels happy that you did that and you create, you're creating that habit. So whether I'm writing a book or I'm writing anything else, I think uh, my schedule is to create something realistic. Back then it was 10 minutes. Now I do one hour. And so consistently setting that hour to write is going to help you just get the words out on, on, on the paper or the, the screen and to have yourself uh, or treat yourself with grace so that you can then edit later and just kind of do a brain dump and, and take out the things that don't work for the book. And then um, they could also work for something else. Like I, some of the words that I, I 
I scrap for the books, come out as a cool social media post that I'll share or spark the idea for something else. But yeah, always having that that time and make it realistic because I've also made the mistake before of saying like, oh, I'm going to write for three hours every day. I'll wake up at this time. And then by the time this happens, and it's just too much. And I don't look like I go to the gym because I don't go to the gym. <laughs> but uh, but I, I liken it to like, if you were a person who, who goes to the gym and you went for like seven hours for three days, you wouldn't want to do it for the next week again. So just kind of making sure that you're you're giving yourself that space to process. So if, if you don't think that every day works for you, then three times a week or maybe one day a week that where you can really block that time as long as it's consistent and you're you're giving yourself that creative space. I love that. What do you need in your writing space to help you stay focused? I need silence. <laughs> and I laugh, not because it's funny, but because I'm a mom of four. <laughs> and so I, I, I become a morning person, you know, I like to wake up in the morning, uh, really early when everybody's asleep, and the world is just shut off. And uh, I live in Fort Worth, and I can hear the trains that I never hear during the day, right? Because everything is just so silent. And so um, so that's another thing, you know, I, I really like that silence, but I really like also the just the peaceful atmosphere because usually everything is not dark, but, you know, dim and quiet. Um, and I can be alone with my thoughts. And if, I need to cry because sometimes what I'm writing about, you know, makes me cry or triggers me to cry is a better way of saying it. Then I can, you know, no one's going to be worried about me and, and I can freely process that. So, so that's the main thing that I need is, is that space and that solitude. Love that. What is your favorite writing snack or drink? Ah, hot tea and hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, my grandmother was a very special, you know, just being for me. And I love uh, just the hot chocolate because she had a, a cacao plantation. So like there, she taught me how to make chocolate for real and then drink hot chocolate with her. Um, and then the tea, my, my grandfather was an herbalist. So I love making herbal tea. Actually, my daughter makes it for me these days, but I love drinking herbal tea while I write. Uh, it's very soothing, the warmth and and just the feelings of home, especially being an immigrant where I, you know, I still feel like I'm, I miss my, my home. And so I, I get a little bit of my family and my home and my ancestors with me. I love that. What type of books do you personally enjoy reading? Oh my goodness. Well, I read a lot of nonfiction, of course, because 
I'm a geek and a nerd. <laughs> but uh, I love novels too. You know, it's just so beautiful. I'm very romantic. I'm single, but um, but I like to get lost in a good romance novel that has all of the twists and turns. And um, I grew up watching telenovelas. Uh, so I just love a little bit of drama and a little bit of, you know, kind of the antagonist and all of the obstacles and, and at the end, like love triumphs, you know, and my favorite book is uh, Loving the Time of Cholera by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. I don't know. Most people know him by Gabo, but he is my favorite author in that book. I must have read it. Oh, my gosh. Maybe 20,000 times. <laughs> oh, yeah. All of his books are gold. Love that. Are there any books or authors that inspired you to become a writer? Yeah, I think I think Gabo Gabriel Garcia Marquez is one of them, and also um, there's this. You know, of course, I grew up in in the Dominican Republic, so most of my authors are uh, wrote in Spanish. Um, and there's one, his name is Cesar Nicolás Benson, who I read, uh, but also Isabel Allende. Um, and believe it or not, you know, even though I grew up in a slum and in extreme poverty, my dad was very much a reader and very much into politics. So I remember this one day when the president of the country came and sat in our living room and he was a, an author. And he had so many books about social justice and about just, you know, creating a better world and how he told me, you're going to be a writer sometime. And I remember just being tiny and sitting on his lap on a rocking chair and saying, that sounds really cool. But it wasn't until my professor in, in college, uh, she just told me that I, I mean, she gave me this book and it's called, and I recommend it, Rhinoceros Success by Scott Alexander. And it was in Spanish still, but it was this book that talks about perseverance and, and resilience. And she gave me this book and she said, one day you're going to write a book just like he did. And you are the best student I've ever had. And you better live up to your potential. And so that was the first time that I actually believed that I was going to write a book one day. That's so amazing. What type of books did you grow up reading? Did you have an all-time favorite? Yeah, so, you know, I actually, I, I grew up in poverty, so we didn't own any books. And so uh, the only book I read was a you know, beat-up Bible that my grandma found. And uh, I always dreamed about having my own books. So I had to walk a lot of kilometers uh, to, the, to the library and I would get my hands on those books that I told you about um, that were fiction. But I remember the first nonfiction book that I read was by Brian Tracy. And he, uh, I, I've had the pleasure of meeting him now and being mentored by him and he speaks fluent Spanish. And so I told him, you know, I read your book uh, when I was nine years old 
and he was impressed. But I read so many personal development books, like James Allen, um, and his name, his book is As a Man Thinketh. Um, so all of those books, personal development books that I read, um, Dale Carnegie, How to Influence People, How to Make Friends and Influence People. So, uh, so after I was nine years old and I could, you know, walk by myself to the library, I would read all those personal development books. And then obviously read those novels that my my mom and my dad read uh, in those social justice books because they were big into social justice. I love that. Now as an adult, what are your favorite series or authors that if they come out with something, you're going to automatically grab it? Oh my gosh. And so you're going to know my guilty pleasure here <laughs> because I absolutely love Nicholas Parks. When you said that, it's like I have to say it because uh, anytime Nicholas Parks has something on the shelf, I have to go grab it. It's like my guilty pleasure. And I just love getting lost in those stories. And it's always, you know, they always have, they always have like all the ingredients that I'm looking for. And so I would have to say he's, he's, he's the one. <laughs> love it. What would you tell someone just starting out with reading again? Oh, wow. You know, that's a, that's beautiful because I think that reading is, is a, a, a healthy way to escape, you know, and to cope. Um, and uh, anybody who has been through trauma, and I believe that's everybody, because I think that we really discount our pain and we kind of dismiss it and say like, oh, that wasn't so bad or at least I, this didn't happen to me. But I think for everyone, we need to sometimes process by dissociation, not to the extreme that we're going to not function in life, which I've done as well. But it's healthy to just kind of find that little space just for you. And I have a breastfeeding chair slash reading chair. <laughs> and so that's comfy, that's warm, that's in a spot that is kind of like minimalistic, there's no clutter, and just sitting there with a comfy blanket and having my hot drink next to it. So, you know, just creating that space for you that invites reading and setting yourself some time scheduling it because we're all so overloaded with activities. And when we're not, then we're kind of feeling restless, like, oh, my calendar is empty. What should I do? So buy the book, put it next to that little table in the comfy chair with the blanket. So always have your setup there. Because I noticed, Courtney, that if I don't have my blanket, then I go get my blanket and something screaming at me, like some kind of dish that needs to be done or some laundry that needs to be put in there. So when you feel that nudge, just every condition is there so that you can just sit and enjoy and, and just read for fun because I do a lot of reading, like I said, for my business and for, for nerdy reasons. But, uh, but I think just that a uh, ability to escape into something and to find adventure and especially if you're a mom like me who you know is always taking care of somebody else to just find that place where you can 
go and like I say, like a fake vacation and live a fake life. It just, it's healthy for the soul. <laughs> that On the other side of that, what would you tell someone just starting to write their own book? I would say, don't judge. Just write. Because I think that's that's the number one thing that have, has ever stopped me from publishing something is that to go into it with an expectation and a preconception, like, oh, today I'm going to write 10 pages of really, really good things. And, uh, you know, just to leave those expectations out and just to say, I'm just going to write from my heart. And then I can hire an editor to take care of the rest, or I could edit myself if, if you know, I, I particularly love editing, but it would be great if you just pour your, just your thoughts and your heart and your soul. Uh, but again, having that routine and making yourself do it, um, but without the expectation that it's going to be good, that it's going to be great, that you're even going to publish it, because then you start to edit yourself while writing and saying like, oh, if I write this, then people might think that. And it's like, no, just write, no edits, brain dump. I call it heart dump because, you know, I like to write from my heart. And and I would say, find yourself an accountability person because someone that truly and really believes in you and knows your story. And, and sometimes that could be fake friend. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, I I have had moments in which I just feel so alone in the world, especially, you know, coming to a country where I didn't have friends or family. And I decided to have just like an imaginary friend <laughs> that tells me this. And it's like, what would my imaginary friend tell me? Because I, I do realize that for some people, uh, you don't feel like you have someone that has your back or believes in your dream. But uh, but even if you have to make it up and, and look in the mirror and say, Elena, please, you owe it to the world to write this book. So even if you have to talk to yourself out loud, out loud which I do all the time, um, but having that, that intention that you're not alone and that when you don't write and you don't, publish your writing, you're really doing a disservice for the world. Because when I think about my book, uh, you know, any of my books, but especially my latest ones, I've got so many messages from my readers saying how it's transformed them or how it's touched them or how they were able to process somebody's death um, differently or how they were on the verge of suicide. It just really tells me like, oh my goodness, I'm so happy that I didn't overthink it. And that not too much. I did overthink it. I want to be honest, but not for too long. And I still did it while afraid because it's been meaningful to so many other people. So, so just focusing on that, I think can help kind of ease. It's not going to go away, but it's going to ease the anxiety. Amazing. What's one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? Um, I don't know why, because, you know, I I think I'm short on camera too. But like, usually I post pictures of me and all of that. And when they meet me in person, they're like, oh my gosh, you're so tiny because I'm 4'8". And I used to say that I was 4'8 and a half, but my daughters just 
grabbed me and measured me over Christmas break. <laughs> and so I lost my half an inch. Thank you very much. But I think that's one of the most surprising things. And, and also, you know, because I smile so much and I, I'm so be and grateful for life, people have this misconception that you maybe have a perfect life. And um, I do struggle with a lot of, you know, mental health issues, uh, not only depression and, and anxiety, but also suicide thoughts. And those are probably going to be my companions forever, or maybe not. But I, the, the, the difference between uh, myself succumbing to that and being always angry and sad is that I now have tools to process it so that I can also have openness for the joy and the awe and the gratitude. So I can feel all of them. And that, that's why my happiness, when it's there, is off charts. <laughs> Amazing. Is there anything you would like to say or add? Well, you know, I think when it comes to uh, writing a book, I think that one of the things that I've noticed is that after you write it, you come up with new, it's like a new challenge that comes up and it's a challenge of not publishing it. And then when you publish, not marketing it. And so um, I think there's a block um, and, and even for my daughters who are singers and, and painters and, and uh, you know, pianists, musicians, um, I think that we need to shift the way we see marketing and sales and art and how they go together. And the way that I have shifted that for myself is that when I write a book, I put all this love and all of this grit and all of this sweat and tears into it, that I think that the world deserves to get a shot at it. And so I try to see that, you know, I try to make it a bestseller, not because I wanted a bestseller, but because I want everyone possible that can be touched, can be moved, can be transformed by this thing to, to get it. And so I, that's how it counts. It doesn't count when you write it and publish it only. It also counts when you market it. That's how people are going to get it in their shelves. Uh, that's how people are going to get it in their heart. And so my, I think my main plea with uh, my fellow writers and authors is like, show your art. Show your art and sell your art because it's a treasure and it deserves to be you know, it, it deserves to be shown and showcased and, and consumed, but also you deserve compensation for the beautiful work and that you've put into, and that's why you were given that gift and those experiences that magnify it. Amazing. I love that. Where's the best place for readers to find your book? I know some readers love signed copies. Is that an option? And the best place to connect with you? Yeah, thank you so much. I love that you asked about that. Nobody has ever asked me about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, of course, it's on Amazon and at bookstores, um, you know, at barnesandnoble.com as well. Everywhere that there are book 
where books are sold, you can find my book. Um, and there are paperback and ebook and also hardback options. However, I actually have a special page on my website, thepositivemom.com slash DWD for Dancing with Death, where people can order signed copies through that link. Uh, thank you so much for that. And I'm on, I'm everywhere. So I'm on thepositivemom.com, but also at the Positive Mom on every social media platform, even on Twitch, even though I don't know how to use it yet. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here today. We're so grateful we got to interview you. And again, thank you. Thank you, Courtney. I appreciate it. And big hug to you. And thank you for the work that you're doing to spread love to book readers and writers.